Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right? Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Rock Out Loud. This is the Rockinest podcast in the Goliverse, and it may very well be the Rockinest podcast on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with you. We're just going to hang out tonight, just kind of enjoy ourselves, listen to some tunes, and uh, there may be an appearance from one pumpkin-headed dancing man or the dancing pumpkin-headed man or pumpkin-headed dance man. I don't, whatever you want to call him. There very there may very well be um, that was there may very well be a uh, an appearance, but also it's not just an appearance by him. There's of course an appearance by the Rock and His Chick and all the land, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, she's Kristen from Jersey. What's going on, Kristen? What's up, everybody? Happy October! It is uh, it's the witching month, the the spook oh. the spookiest month. And honestly, it's, it's the best month. I'm just living my best life out here. Just <laughs> living your best life in October. Absolutely. This is when I thrive as a person. It's really the only month I thrive as a person. Now, is that because of all the candy, the free candy that's flowing around? or It's the spookiness. It is the cold weather, the cold oh, yes. weather. We flannel, love that. Flannel season. Yes, like there's nothing better than like a chilly night, opening up all your windows, having the fan on in your room, and then turning on a heated blanket to nuzzle up in at night. That's the best. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's nothing better than making it super cold, and then uh, and then and then getting a, a heated blanket. It's literally the best. And if you just washed your sheets and you have those fresh, clean sheets feel, and the heated blanket, and the chill in the air. It's the ultimate. The ultimate. All right. Now, this is where, this is where, Kristen, let some of her girliness show. (laughs) Why? Fresh sheets? Yeah. I got to be honest with you. My wife, whenever, like, the sheets are clean and everything, she's like, oh, I just love going to bed and clean. I'm like, it feels like you're going to bed. This just feels like bed to me. You're so crazy. There is nothing better than clean sheets, especially if you, like, shaved your legs and you're wearing shorts and you get in bed in the clean sheets. (laughs) Guys, girls. Help me out here. Support me. Like, y'all know. It's it's just the truth. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Should I shave my legs and get in the fresh sheets <laughs> next time? <laughs> you could be like a dolphin. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's what we'll do. I'll be like a dolphin and get in the and, and swim around in the sheets. You will never go back, I'm telling what, you. I'll tell you what's wild is last week, my wife and I took a little vacation down to Florida and um, down to the free state of Florida, and we were on the <laughs> beach. And I got to tell you something, there's nothing like the beach in Florida in October. Really? It was, uh, it, we're in North Florida, we're up along the Panhandle, and so it would get kind of cool at night. It was not too hot and muggy during the day. And for those who like to frolic in the water, 
the water was crisp and cold, but you could get used to it pretty quickly. Um, and so it was just, uh, it was a joyous time to be had at the beach. And, and I don't know that I can ever go back to midsummer beaching in, in the South anymore because my gosh, it was, it, it, it was just, it was kind of magical. And I was out hanging out with manta rays in the water and oh. uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, took some, took some little videos of some that were like right next to me. Pretty cool. And everyone's like, you how scared? do you, no, uh, because manta rays don't sting. I, I know this in the big honking show, but. I don't really do the big honking show anymore, so I don't get to talk about animals all that much. Um, manta rays don't have a stinger. And, okay. See, and that's good to know. Yeah, and so they don't sting. And really all they do is swim around and sift, you know, plankton out of the water. A stingray just kind of hangs out in the dirt. And, okay. And so when, when people get stung by a stingray, unless it's the crocodile hunter, God rest his soul. Oh, um, usually what happens is, is someone steps on the thing and its tail whips up and stinger hits them. Um, interesting. Yeah, See, yeah. the more, you know, the, the more, you know, um, so yeah. It, Can I just give a quick shout out to Mark, Mark in the chat? I yeah. Think. He's checking out Dune. Mark, no, Mark's backing me up on the, uh, on the clean sheets. Oh, well, you know. Lavender detergent just for my sheets. Okay. <laughs> I also do lavender. I have the little lavender scent beads, the boosters. Oh, oh, what a joy. Well, now we don't do any of that because we're all natural around here. So, you know, uh, we've got the essential oils pumping at night, that sort of thing. Um, Mark, you can talk about fresh sheets. Listen, it may just be that I'm just a jaded, calloused man who climbs into bed and is just glad to be in bed. And, you know, maybe I just have no real joy in life like you guys get to have. I was just going to say that. Maybe Steve just doesn't know how to enjoy the little things maybe, like fresh sheets. I maybe mean, not. <laughs> we're, I mean, maybe. we're not here to judge, right? Everyone, maybe, like... maybe Steve doesn't know how to enjoy the little things because he's a... Because <laughs> he's a what? <laughs> he's just, he's, a, he's an SOB. He's just a, he's just a low down dirty SOB. So, um, get there one day, I think. Yeah. So, um, I want to pull the curtain back as I like to do, as I want to do quite often and talk about the fact that, um, our, our intention tonight, we, we talked about, we set this schedule about two weeks ago, apparently, (laughs) um, not, not as far as like definitive times and everything, but we kind of knew that this week we'd be recording. And, um, I, uh, I, I thought, well, we'll come up with something. Then earlier this week, Chris was like, hey, what are we talking about? It's been really busy at work. And I was like, well, we can, uh, and I pulled out the book. And I was actually guesting, guesting on um, a podcast called Rule the Galaxy that you can find on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts and talking Star Wars with some guys and looking at my Marvel notebook, kind of trying to find where I had ideas written down in it, because it's all over in there. It's like all over different pages and everything. It's <laughs> the Marvel notebook is not as organized as I'd like it to be. <laughs> and um, and I'm texting you saying, well, here's what I've got written down that we you know we haven't really done, or some things that we we've got kind of like as little sub series that sort of thing. And uh, and 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 we kind of zoned in on one, <laughs> but. Um, but come to find out, it took a little bit of research and time that neither one of you, neither one of us, I should say, really had. And now, uh, also a little on the sadder side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, not so, not so happy. Um, 
it, se- it seemed like a good idea at the time. It's one of those things that, like, it seemed like a, And so today, it's like, well, I guess we'll just hang out. Just do a good old hangout episode. We and have not done one of these in a while. It's been a long time. It's been a long, mm-hmm. been a really long, 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 lonely time. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but I was, I was reminded, and when you said that, you said, well, let's just do a Hangout episode. And I've just now thought about this, Kristen. I said, well, that's great. It gives me a chance. It, it'll give me a chance to play this. Oh. it so much (laughs) i mean that's the ultimate and you know what's like so funny is that on this tour they played it for a very small segment of shows when jed was out with covid Mm -hmm. so the next time i see them i'm gonna be like so um jed things i learned uh over the last tour you're the reason i can't hear burn it down why why do they only play it when you're not here do you hate the song because if you do we need to talk about it because it's like one of the best ones on strange days and i I just can't deal with you not playing it. Yeah, I, that that's kind of surprising because it's like, but they also you sent me a couple of videos of them doing it acoustic style. Yes. Yeah. Because Jed was out, so they had to like re revamp it a little bit. So I guess like the guy that they had that was playing uh, filling in for bass like didn't know it on like bass, so mm-hmm. they were like, you know, what, we'll just do it acoustic and it's fine. It's, I would love to hear it acoustic. <laughs> I'd love to hear it anyway. <laughs> well, that's one of our um, that's one of our topics in the Marvel Notebook. Hey, acoustic versions of songs. Mm. Um, so it might be worth getting to. But you've seen the Struts a couple of times, or at least once since last time we recorded. I saw them three times in two days. <laughs> right. So at least once, like I said. <laughs> but <laughs> where were they when they covered Hungry Heart? Well, that was the Asbury Park shows. Wow. Um, yeah, so they always they always love to give me a little Bruce and Asbury and um like it was the weirdest thing because I got in line at like 12 o'clock or one o'clock or something like that and like this one, girl who well she's not a girl she's a woman this one woman who is always next to me in line like my past like four strut shows we've always been in line together um she gets a text message or like an email on her phone and it says that um strut show um rescheduled two indoor shows Hmm. and we were like "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa what and nobody else had this on their phone. And then all of a sudden, we all started to slowly get the notification. And we were like, so what the hell is going on now? They're playing inside instead of outside? Because it was going to rain that night. Mm-hmm. So we went. We all went to the box office. And we were like, so um, like, are we going to have to come out and go back in? And she was like, yeah. So essentially, the way it worked was they had a cap of 800 people for each show. So, because they sold 1,600 tickets. So, if you were part of the first 800 people, you could go in for the first show. If you had a t- another ticket, so a set, like an unused ticket, you could then go to the second show. Hmm. So, all of us purchased uh, second tickets and we're like, well, we're all going to try. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to try for both shows. 
me and like you know a bunch of the people that I know from going to strut shows we all basically came up with this um scenario where we were like all right you know what we're gonna do we are going to like the song wild child like once Mm -hmm. that song starts one of the girls we knew was going to go outside to see how long the line was. And if we had a chance of getting front row again, she was going to text us and be like, yo, come out here and get in line. Because the 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 songs were going to be Wild Child, Strange Days, and Could Have Been Me. Like, okay, I don't need to see those songs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she goes out, texts us, and she's like, yo, come out here. There's like, I think we might be barricaded. <laughs> So we all leave the barricade. Luke is looking at us like we're crazy. We all leave the barricade. We go back, get in line, and we all got barricade for the second show. <laughs> so wow. we were first row for the first and second shows. Thank you so much. Um, and the first show, they did Hungry Heart. And the second set, they were supposed to do um, Dancing in the Dark. And when we were on the barricade, we saw them change the set list out. And I knew that um, someone special was in the crowd because my dad texted me and said, hey, we're hanging out with this special person. And I saw them change the set list for the second show. And all of a sudden I see that Living on a Prayer is on the set list and not Dancing in the Dark. And I was like, I swear to God, if David Bryan, who was like with my dad, if David Bryan from Bon Jovi (laughs) walks out on stage and does Living on a Prayer with them, I'm going to die. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> what What on earth was your dad doing hanging out with David Bryan? Well, David Bryan was just like hanging out in the bar. And my dad was like, uh, David Bryan's back here. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad like got pictures with him and stuff. Wow. And I was like, and you know what's crazy is so I met David Bryan uh, at an All-American Rejects concert. And I was so mad at my dad because I couldn't find him. And he had the camera. This was back in the days where you're like, you didn't have cameras on your cell phone and um i was so upset because i didn't get a picture with david bryan and this time my dad got a picture with david bryan and i did it i'm like damn it i just want my picture with david bryan um but yeah so like i mean that was incredible but like kind of going back a little bit um to the hungry heart thing i heard them sound check it and my jaw dropped because they've never done Hungry Heart. Right. Luke did it. Luke did it once. Um, at like, but he, it was just him. Like he came out on stage with someone and they did it. Um, and I heard them do it. And when I went in for the meet and greet, I like look at Luke and I said, "I have to ask you something. <laughs> like, did I hear you sound check Hungry Heart?" And Luke gets all like playful and he's like, "No, no, <laughs> we didn't." <laughs> We didn't sound check her car. He's winking at me. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, you guys are going to give me a heart attack. Like, I can't, I can't take it. Like, Dancing in the Dark was bad enough. And now you're going to do Hungry Heart. And Gethin was like, Bruce is your man. You love Bruce. I'm like, I, I love Bruce so much. (laughs) So that was like my happy day. Um, Yeah. And then like more fun stuff happened the second night. But if you want to play the song, since, you know, we're talking about Hungry Heart. I will. I will. Also, I was having a dog situation while you were telling that story. <laughs> I noticed you were really quiet. Well, I was, I, the dog was like, I don't, I'm, he was sitting here. He's like, I no longer want to lay down while you talk, while you talk to the person on the other side of the line. <laughs> I want to leave this room and you need to let me out now. And so that's his voice. Now. Yes. I leave now. And you need to let me go. And I'm like, well, I can't. I'm sitting here recording, stupid dog. 
And so had to text the wife. But here we go. This is uh, courtesy of Tara Adams on YouTube, by the way. My line buddy. Um, you can check it out. It's really great quality recording here uh, as far as the video goes. The audio is going to be a little bit muffled, but check it out. It's Hungry Heart by the Struts. those jersey folks just going nuts and singing along with hungry heart and me screaming right that's i was gonna ask was that woo woo? was that you uh, that was me well here's the thing so people on both sides of me were recording oh you want to make sure <laughs> well the one because the one guy my friend was recording specifically for like, he was like i'm recording this for you so I was like, okay, well, this is going to be the only good version I have because the version on my camera is going to be like a mess. Um, but like when Luke introed the song, which isn't in this clip, but he um, he says that, you know, this, we're going to do a song that, you know, we're only going to do here um, and we hope you enjoy it. And he looks me dead in the eye, like has like that little cocky smile and goes and sing along if you know it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Hungry Heart Time. <laughs> Well, let, you know, let's talk about also the mark of a great performer, I think, or one of the marks, is just how drenched in sweat they are by the, by a certain point in the show. Um, I have never seen a picture of him from a concert that where he's not just dripping in, in sweat. 
Um, he is literally the reason why, like, the photographers that have photo passes only, like, can, you know, take pictures or only take pictures for three songs usually. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a mess after that. But, I mean, that just lets you know what he's putting into it. Like, he's not going out there just sitting on a stool and singing. No. Yeah. He's and There's he's never performing. a time where you're like, wow, they're really kind of, like, phoning it in. Right. Um, but also, like, really quickly. So, like I said, I saw them three times in two days because I saw them two times that night and then I went to see them the next night in Philly and the second night I was going to hang in the back because I was going with my best friend Andrea who like by hook or by crook she will not go up front with me she went up front with me for one stretch show and that was it she she does not like being surrounded by people so I was like you know what I'll 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 hang in the back I'll do my thing and like my dad and like you know a bunch of his friends went so we were all gonna hang in the back. You talking about his but friend? Did... Da- you talking about his friend David Bryan? Not his friend David Bryan. No, that was that was you know that was just Asbury. Um, which, by the way, there's a really good version of Living on a Prayer on YouTube as well. Just saying. Um, but so I still did the meet and greet for that show. I just got there a lot later, so like I was in the back of the line basically. And when I went up. Um, Luke was like, I didn't think you would be here. And I'm like, why didn't you think I would be here? And he's like, because you're usually in like the first 10 people. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh yeah, well, I think it's a whole thing. I'll be in the back tonight. And Luke was like, you're going to be in the back. I'm like, it's a whole thing. Yes. Um, and he goes, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be in the back. Um, so then I said to them, I was like, oh, and by the way, I was like, we have to stop with giving Kristen heart attacks in Asbury Park um, because y- y'all always play a Bruce song. Um, and it's always just so damn good. And my heart can't take it. I was like, it, it was amazing. I was like, your cover of hungry heart was incredible. I was like, I knew David Bryan was there because my dad was hanging out with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, so the show is incredible. And I said, honestly, I tell you this all the time, but I think there's magic with you guys at Asbury. You should never stop playing Asbury because the shows there are always incredible. Um, and I was like, I think it was the second best stretch show I had ever been to hmm. was wow. last night. And, Adam, the guitar player, just deadpans me and goes, what was the first? And I was like, well, the first, the best one was the first time I saw you at the Wonder Bar. And Luke was like, oh, he's like, yeah, he's like, you were there. I was like, I was there, babe. And Jed's like, we played the Wonder Bar. And like, Jed could not remember that they played the Wonder Bar. And I was like, Jed, I literally stood outside with you for like 30 minutes that night and talked about the killers and how great your set list was. And then you guest listed me for like a show like two days later in Hoboken. <laughs> and he, he had no recollection wow. of it. And he goes, and then like they all like get together and huddle together and like talk amongst themselves. And I was like, what is happening right now? And then Jed go- looks at me and he goes, oh, he's like, there was some stretch drama that night. I was like, there was drama? Oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, well, you'll have to tell me at another time. I'm like, because I'm pretty sure Zach wants to kill me for talking so long. And and Luke goes, we're talking to you. He, he could wait. I was like, <laughs> oh, snap. I know. I was like, oh my God. And uh, and then Luke said, he was like, he's like, Asper, he's like, you were at that Wonder Bar show. And he's like, how many times have you seen us? Because you've seen us a ton. And I was like, well, I was like, tonight is show number 34. Golly. And I was like, I was like, I'm not 80 because the one guy that goes to see them, them that I'm friends with, he's going to be at his next show will be 80. Wow. I, I'm like, I'm not 80, but I'm 30. I, I got today's 34, number 34, which is pretty freaking good. I do have to say for someone that does not travel. 
And they were like, oh, my God. They were like, you're legit. You're like a legit. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. I've been here since the beginning. Y'all know that. And then we got our picture, and it's really cute. And Luke is laughing in it. And, like, he has, like, his head, like, leaned up against the partition next to me with this, like, genuine smile. It's, like, one of my favorite pictures I've ever gotten. <laughs> is, you sent, did you send me that one? I think I did. Yeah, I think I, I think I know exactly the one you're talking about. It's so sweet. I mean, I could text it to you right now. No, I mean, I think I've got it. I'm about to look through my... Through the, through the old text thread and because it's just like one of those things where like it's not that like i don't have like genuine pictures with right, them but like right. luke loves to play the rock star right mm -hmm. like he always loves to be like yeah I'm, I'm like above it or like yeah look at me i'm flashy da, da, da. and like he just looks so happy oh in where he's picture. just kind of laughing a little bit yeah. yeah and then like in the other one where he's just like leaning against me and i'm yep. just like oh Yep. I love you guys so much. <laughs> like, I say it every time we talk about them, but, like, we started talking about them after the first time I saw them in 2015, and they are so incredible, and they're so engaging, and not only do they do great music, but they are so nice um, to their fans, and, like, my friend Andrea is always like, oh, well, like, I don't want to meet them because, like, what if they're jerks? What if they're jerks? And I was like, well, Andrea, one... I've never met them where they, they were jerks. And even the night in Asbury Park where apparently there was drama, I, I never knew it. Right. Um, and I was like, also, Andrea, at this point, they know who I am. And I would literally be like, hi, this is my best friend, Andrea. She's the reason why you guys have to look at my face mm -hmm. every single freaking time you come through. Um, so she's to blame because she's the one that introduced me or me to you. Um, and if you are not nice to her, I kill you. So, you know, there you go. Take I a picture. I kill you. I kill you. You do I not kill you. my best friend. <laughs> also, you. yeah, John Phillips was at the first Strut show. I didn't see him. He, we've been to multiple shows that together, but I've, I've never met this guy. Honestly, I don't know that John Phillips actually exists, but you know, he was there. <laughs> Who is John Phillips from the, from the, from the listeners? Yeah. Okay. Huh. <laughs> was also in a darkness show that oh. i was at i was like come up and say hi if you see me yeah look for the hair i know Nothing he was else. only there for the first show so he only saw hungry heart he did not mm. see living on a prayer okay well um well that i mean like look you, you can't you can't go wrong with with the struts and and Kristen. i love your stories from all these concerts like you just you have a way you here's the thing <laughs> It's it's the difference in going with with someone like me who's like now where do I park let me find parking let me find parking all right where's my <laughs> ticket say I need to be all right let me get there and you who's like concert veteran and yeah. like you know <laughs> I've seen it all done it all it's like yeah it's we're gonna figure it out it's gonna yeah. be good and then also what was funny was after the meet and greet ended because I wasn't the last person in the meet and greet for that second. Um, show but I was kind of like I was more towards the back when they were walking out I was next to a tree and Luke looked over at me and he said you are really not going to go up there and I was like stop peer pressuring me <laughs> <laughs> that man's a bad influence one wink I mean who knows what you'll do if you start if he starts winking at you Whew. oh wow all right well back up <laughs> gee whiz let's just let's make, let's make it real um I have talked about on a couple of times on the show um a radio show that I love to listen to in the mornings, Rick and Bubba, mm -hmm. and they are as southern as they sound. But one of the things I love is some of the the bed music they play coming to uh, coming back from commercial a lot of times. And I was introduced to this group by listening to them. I, I'm not as well versed in this group as maybe I'd like to be because they really skirt the line from southern rock into country sometimes. 
but this is one of the songs that they just do all the time. It's Blackberry Smoke. It's a good hangout song. It's called Ain't Much Left of Me. Well, my fall from grace was a sight to see. Good turn to bad, bad turn to misery. I found out what it is and what it's not. You know me, I'm always looking for some type of throwback to classic rock as much as I can find it. Um, yeah. Anything new that feels classic. And these guys just feel like, you know, old school Leonard Skinner a little bit. You know, they they feel like... Um, a little, little Black bit, Crows. Little Black Crows, Little 38 Special, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and so I just, that, I just, that's a song that like you could just have on, like when I think of hanging out... It's one of those that if it came on the stereo while you're just kind of sitting around with a bunch of friends because you got a weird shuffle on or something, you know, <laughs> like there'd be a few people who'd start bobbing their head and people who'd know it be like, oh, I love this group. I love this song, you know, that kind of thing. And I've been rolling hard, ran out and put up with. I'm all about it. I, I, I'm not all about the group, like I say, because sometimes they get a little too country, you uh, know. It's one of those things like, oh, if you'll just stay on that rock side of the of the Southern rock, then... You're like Goldilocks. Like it just, it has to be just right. Just ha- yes. Yeah. Well, look, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to get into all this mess of, um, of country music now. In fact, my wife, Haley, before we got started, she's like, tell Kristen, I said, Hey, I'm like, okay. She's like, and mention some of this country songs that I've been listening to lately or missing, <laughs> mention that country singer you learned about the other night when we were watching that cooking show. And I'm like, we don't talk about country music on our show, Haley. <laughs> She's like, what's it? I, well, here's the thing with me and country. I would just be able to contribute absolutely nothing to the conversation. Me, like, talk about a blind spot in my music knowledge right there. Kristen, never feel that blind spot in. Never. <laughs> I know. Like, my country is like Shania Twain. That's like my country. Well, and like the come on over Shania Twain, yeah. not the like whose boots have your bed been under Shania right, Twain. Right, right. Well, look, you're you're talking that well, now you're in Haley's wheelhouse because she always talks about when she was a kid, she had like two CDs and one of them was a Shania Twain CD and the other was some Christian CD. So it's just... <laughs> I mean, in Shania, we trust. I mean, the woman is just incredible. Well, anyhow, I, I just, that's, that's not my, that's not my wheelhouse at all. I, I hate country music and have hated it for years and years and years. And so, but I like Southern rock music because what I do, here's the thing. Like Bruce Springsteen, let's talk Bruce for a minute. Like Bruce sings about the experience of of where he lived, where he grew up, that sort of thing. And a lot of country music is exactly that. It's just, you know, you move it south in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there's a lot. So country music getting just like I lost my wife and my dog and that sort of thing. Like it, it really did kind of evolve into this this experience of what it is to live in an, in an area and that sort of thing. 
The problem is, I feel like it gets celebrated a little too much. You know, like Bruce, when he sings about his his like, it's not a celebration. Of, oh no! <laughs> of 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 you know the factory life and the and living in the factory town and you know it's a I've got dreams I want to get out of here and the country music is like yeah we're fine right where we're at boys yeah woo and I'm like no I'm not I'm not into that but I think if you can there's certain experiences that you know that we all have even in the worst places you have experiences that that are positive and good mm-hmm. I, I think that if you can find a way to kind of celebrate those things and that particular culture but not ling so country. Then I'm I'm there, and that's what Southern rock a lot of times is to me. You know, I mean, like you take Sweet Home Alabama. Alabama's not the greatest place in the world, <laughs> but that's got a catchy hook. You know what I mean? Like, yep. You, the hook, and and in the words of uh, of uh, of Blues Traveler, you know, the hook brings you back. So well, and think about like with Sweet Home Alabama, right? I mean, like that is a song that is just like like I feel like everybody knows that song. Mm-hmm. Like people jokingly say Freebird, but if you played Freebird for people, most people I feel like wouldn't be like, oh yeah, it's Freebird. But Sweet Home Alabama, you play that just that intro guitar riff, and people are like, yep, know it right there, right oh, there. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, you hit down 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 down. Everyone's gonna be like, let's go, yeah, it's like I'm yeah. Steve, you know what I love so much about you? Even even the Minnesotans are like, yo, yeah, you betcha. I know this. Like, (laughs) one of my favorite things about you, Steve, is like, if a band has like a particular sound, Mm -hmm. I immediately will be like, Steve will love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's just like, you have like a certain like, um, like comfort zone. Yeah, I've got a with, wheelhouse. Like, yep, I've got yeah, a musical and wheelhouse. Where immediately it's like, I know Steve will dig that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. For sure. And, and what's, what's crazy though is those times when I get out of that wheelhouse a little bit and, and there'll be something that someone does that I'm like, I like that okay. But then I start to try to dip into their catalog a little deeper. I'm like, no, no, no. I just like this one song. <laughs> It's, I hate everything about everything I just heard. It's like that kid that thinks he's having fun in the pool, but then he forgets he doesn't really know how to swim yeah. <laughs> as he gets as he starts heading out towards the deep, and he's like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God!" I'm drowning! I'm drowning! <laughs> Get me to the edge! Get me to the edge! <laughs> For the love of God! Oh man, we but it's. I feel like that. Like I feel like that's like a very real thing too. Like I feel like there's so many bands that you'll be like, God, I love the song. And then you, like you said, you go in, you start like dive mm-hmm. in, do some research, start yeah. listening to like back catalog or other yeah. things they have out. And you're like, wow, that's really the only good thing you got. And that's, that's all I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what that I'm, I'm just going to sit over here with this. Thanks guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for putting out that one song. I'm going to put it on my mixtape and I'll never listen to anything that's else. That's right. Big honking show playlist. Here we come. And that, and that'll be that. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good, and and you know what, and I'll and it'll end up being a whole segment on the Big Honkin Show. How, hey, I heard this one group really like it, but you know what? There's nothing else they do that's good. <laughs> Just putting it out there. That's my disclaimer. If you that's, like it, that's great. But I only really like this one thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? That is. I mean, has that not though kind of become the identity of this whole show? Like, yeah. Like it. it there. Like you can. If people who've listened for any amount of time, if you say, now tell me about Steve's taste. It's all the hits. It's very classic rock, you know, 80s hair, 70s rock. He's in there. What about Kristen? Oh, she's all over the place. She loves Bruce. <laughs> she's psycho. <laughs> loves classic Bon Jovi, but she's introduced Steve to so much music because she goes all over the place. And one of the things that, like, you brought me in on uh, that I wasn't really in on was The Killers. Yeah. And, and that kills Dave Jones because Dave 
tried to turn me on to the killers before we ever did rock out loud. Okay. You know, like he's, he's all like, yeah, he's all like Sam's town, this, that, and the other. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Let's hear Def Leppard. Um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we both like Def Leppard. Thank you. Yeah. And Dave's like, I don't really like Def Leppard that much. You know, sma- of course, now Dave, will, he'll lean over into some smashing pumpkins. Okay. And stuff. And I'm not, I'm like, I can't really go. I think I'll do 1979 with you. And that's about it, buddy. I um, feel like me and Dave might have had like a in-depth conversation about the Rock Hall, I think. Probably. Where, probably. Where we were both, we were talking about 90s bands that were more deserving than the Foo Fighters because I make no bones mm-hmm. <laughs> about how I feel about the Foo Fighters. Um and I said I was like, I think Smashing Pumpkins 100% are more influential and more deserving to be in than the Foo Fighters. And wow. he was like, yes! And I was like... <laughs> yeah, well, then you definitely you definitely want him over there. I don't know that I agree with that. Oh, my God. In terms of influence, dude, I feel like, like literally the Foo Fighters are an acceptable Nickelback. I'm sorry it's <gasps> a hot take, but it's oh my, my hot that take. That is a hot take. I've ne- yeah. You know what? I want to say something right now. I have never in, in unironically used the term hot take. <laughs> but I feel like I, right now. I feel like that's a hot take. Here's that's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. Foo Fighters. I want to like the Foo Fighters more than I do because I like the personality that I see from them when Dave Grohl is on the Muppets. Or I was gonna say, you see the personality of Dave Grohl and you want to like or, them. Or or the drummer, whoever the drummer guy is. He just seems Taylor like, Hawkins. He's yeah, Taylor Hawkins. He looks like a Taylor Hawkins. You know, like he's just a, he just looks like a happy bro. And, uh, and, and, and I'm just like, these guys seem to have a good time together. They're doing stuff with Rick Astley on stage. You know, Dave Grohl is bringing up Kiss Guy to play the guitar for them. He's bringing up this little girl to play the guitar. They're just, you know, they seem like really cool dudes. And, but when it comes to their music, I'm like, I don't know. There's a few songs, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it's kind of that here. I'm sticking my toe in this way. And, you know, and I know it's fun to hate on Nickelback, and I don't love Nickelback, but I'm not going to lie. I've I've jammed out to some Nickelback before, so. <laughs> well, the whole thing with Nickelback, like, the joke is that all their songs sound the same, right? They do. And that's not a joke. That's true. No, but that's, like, the thing where it's, like, why does Nickelback suck? Well, all their songs basically sound the same. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the Foo Fighters. Mm. Like, yes, obviously I know some songs don't sound the same. I know they have some standouts. Sure. But... I feel like they are so vanilla, like, here, have your meat and potatoes, radio rock BS. And it's like, no. Like, yes, Dave Grohl seems like a cool dude. I I haven't met him, so I can't vouch. But he seems like a cool dude, right? It's like, yeah, I get that. But are the Foo... I don't... I just don't see, like, the Foo Fighters being, like, a reason why a kid picks up a guitar. The Smashing Pumpkins influenced so many bands. Hmm. And the looks and the visual aspects and the concept records of it. I mean, hell, you could literally just draw a family tree line from Smashing Pumpkins to My Chemical Romance. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Like, they were just, I feel like, such a more influential band, a la, like, a Nine Inch Nails, than a Foo Fighters, who I I genuinely feel like, you could think they're a good rock band, I just genuinely don't think that they offer anything um, different to the music scene. I'll give you that. Like, I can't argue that point at all. I I just think that you don't have to necessarily offer anything different to be a good rock band. 
you know. But you do have to to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, you don't, Kristen. You just have to have the right commercial appeal and and spend I the right it. amount of money. Let's be honest. I hate it. I hate Let's it. Let's be honest. But anyhow, back to back to your love of, of things and what we do on this show <laughs> is is the Killers, and that's one of the things that you brought me in on. And I was and I and we got there because I mentioned Dave Jones loving the Killers, and <laughs> and you know, and I guess he's happy that you turned me on to it. But um, I like to give Dave a hard time. Uh, but he does. He does love the Smashing Pumpkins. But this is one of the songs you you threw out. It's my my soul's warning. And I was like, what is this? This seems a little dark for a for a hanging. It's not. But it's not. Here we go. It's the Killers. I'm telling you that I started up the pumpkin-headed dancing man during this song. <laughs> and you know the moment where he just kicks? Yep. That's when they hit that hi-hat moment. Oh. I mean, just right at the perfect moment. He And it just absolutely owned me. Um, fire up. It, look, KXVO Pumpkin Dance. Now, it used to have a version of Ghostbusters come on with it, but um, or maybe it was the original. I think it was the Ray Parker version, Ghostbusters. But, um... Uh, check it out. What a what this is off of Imploding the Mirage. Which album is this? So, this is this is the first album that came out during quarantine. So, like, wow, so and we didn't they, listen through this. No, we didn't. Um, and this song is uh, it's such a highlight for me off of this album. Like, the last Killers record that came out, Pressure Machine, is mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. I relate it to, it's their version of Nebraska by Springsteen. Oh. It's it's dark. It's very, like, st- more stripped down. Um, just not my thing. The mm-hmm. lyric, like, lyrically, it's unbelievable. Where, like, when I would listen to it, I'd be like, wow. wow. Like, just taken aback by the lyrics. 
but musically, it's just not my thing. But imploding the mirage, a lot more my speed. Love that. My own soul's warning. Incredible song. Caution is another is like the other big single off of this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to put a Killers song in here because I also saw the Killers like a week or two after I saw the Struts. Right. And um, the Killers were not supposed to play a Philly show. But they announced it like last minute and were like, it was the most restricted show that, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of shows since, you know, the pandemic. Right. But it it was the most restricted show that I I had gone to because you had to be vaccinated. No, like no ifs, ands, or buts. You had to be vaccinated, show proof of vaccination. You also had to show a negative COVID test within 72 hours exactly 72 hours of doors and the entire time you were in there you also had to wear a mask hmm. so and it's weird because not every show that the killers played had those restrictions right and not every show at franklin music hall the venue had those restrictions oh so it was just really bizarre yeah. um but like so like we were all like we were stressing out because we're like oh my god we have to have a COVID test within like a negative COVID test within 72 hours. So like when I went to that stretch show, I was like, like, sorry guys, I got a mask up. I'm sorry. I can't test positive. I'm so sorry. Um, so like it was, it was just very bizarre. And like, I ended up getting a rapid test that day because I was nervous that, um, cause they didn't explicitly say that it had to be 72 hours exactly to the time of doors. Right. So I got my COVID test on Sunday. The show was on Wednesday. So Sunday to Wednesday is 72 hours. Mm -hmm. But I had my test at like 2 p.m. on Sunday and doors were at 6 p.m. Wednesday. And I was like, I don't know, something something in my mind is telling me to schedule a rapid test for the day of. Yeah. And I did. And I'm happy I did, because guess what? I would have had to somehow find a rapid test like that day. Yeah. Yep. Um, they did have one. They made like, there was one at the venue, which, mm-hmm. um, wasn't guaranteed, but they were doing it for free. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was really cool. Cause like with killer shows, so many people travel for them. So like we ended up meeting these like guys in line, um, and like this couple in line that were like from all over the place. And like the one guy was like, he was like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe you've seen My Chemical Romance. I can't believe you've seen this band, this band, this band, this band. <laughs> he was like, I can't believe you went to the Samstown shows. Like, I was like, yeah, I went to the Samstown shows in Vegas. And he was like, oh, my God. So, like, it was just really – it was – it's so nice to be able to interact with, like, like-minded people again, you know? Mm-hmm, right. Um, so, like, we went in for the show and, like, I, I could have gotten barricaded, but I was with Andrea. So, again, Andrea <laughs> – Andrea's like, nope, not doing barricade, which like we could totally like split up at shows. Like, it's fine. She doesn't care. <laughs> but I'm like, let's go up to the balcony. And we got like a killer, killer, killer spot on the balcony. Um, and like it was the perfect view. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to have such a great view of the stage. And they did when they came out, Benjamin Franklin introduced them. Mm. I mean, you are in Philly, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So good old Benjamin, he, he introduced came out. Them. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they did a, a really good set. It was mostly all hits. Um, 
there wasn't anything like any deep cuts or anything, which I was kind of hoping that we'd get like kind of a deeper cut. Right. Um, but I kind of mentioned the um, the new album Pressure Machine, right? That mm-hmm. like I I don't really vibe with it. Now they did a song on Pressure Machine at that show called Cody. And the way they did it live, I was like, I wish it sounded like this on the album. Mm. If it sounded like this on the album, yep. I would freaking love this song. Um, but the reason why I picked My Own Soul's Warning to play tonight is because that song did not make the set list. And they have not played it wow. since they started going around. And I'm like, that is such a so- like a great song. And people, like, I guess Brandon did an interview where he said, like, they don't want to do that song because like you hear how big that song gets. Like yeah, it sounds yeah. like a wall of sound. And it, he said that so far they haven't figured out how to like properly convey it live, which like I get, but like, damn, that song is so good. Um, also I had like a crazy Brandon flowers moment. Um, so during the song run for cover, which mm-hmm. is off of uh, wonderful, wonderful, he literally, like, during the song, like, during, because I was, like, losing my mind on the balcony, like, you know, as I do. I have zero chill. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> and he literally looks right, like, literally. And it's not like, oh, he was looking at me. Right, right. No, he was literally looking right at me. And we were singing, and I pointed to him. And this lady afterwards that was behind me, she was like, he looked right at her. And, like, he, she, like, said to, like, my best friend, he's like, he looked right <laughs> and, and Andrea's like, she's hard to miss. <laughs> I'm like, I am. I'm the embarrassing one in this friendship. Hi. Yeah, it's like, look at her, lady. She's going nuts. How do you miss that? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, we had like that awesome moment. And it was funny because that was the first time that Andrea had ever seen the killers. Mm-hmm. And um She's like she, uh, it was the perfect set for her because again they did all the hits mm-hmm. they did all a lot of songs off the first record and like that's when she, like she really likes that version of the killers um and i asked her afterwards i was like so what did you think like did you like them and she was like she's like they were so good she's like christy you know what i love about them they don't talk in between songs they just keep playing <laughs> mm, that's funny by the way yeah, Brandon is not, he's not a Bruce Springsteen, he's not a Luke Spiller, right. he doesn't do these, like, big talks. He's not telling know? it, he's not there to tell a story, he's there to play the music. Exactly, and, like, he did, like, of course, and it was, like, so, it almost, like, made me cry, because he said, mm. you know, after, you know, 18 months of not being able to play in front of people, he's like, we, he's like, we made it here tonight, we all made it here tonight, and he's like, and I've never been happier to say we're the killers brought to you by way of fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was like, ah! nice, nice. <laughs> it was just, it was so great. I'm so happy that I got to see them. Um, Cause they weren't supposed to play Philly and they're not playing Philly on like their rescheduled imploding the Mirage tour. Right. So who knows, who knows when the next time I see them? And it's funny. Cause like, again, you go to these shows so many times you start to see the same people <laughs> Like, this girl that I was barricade with at another killer show, like, I didn't recognize her first because you're wearing masks. So, like, you know, you only see a certain amount of people. And she was on the floor. And I just hear someone yelling my name. I'm like, who is yelling my name? And Andrea's like, that girl down there. And I saw her and I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's Beth. (laughs) (laughs) The next day I 
was like, you were probably like, oh my God. Like she totally just like cold shouldered me. I was like, I literally didn't even recognize you until I was like, oh my God, wait, I totally know who that is. <laughs> That's Beth. Oh my God. That's, That's Beth. Beth. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, you you have this way of bringing people into music as we've talked about, you know, like you and the experience like you. I can imagine I, like Kristen, before we die, uh-huh. we have to get to some show together just so I can yes. be the guy who's standing there looking at you strange and you're going crazy. Um, Dude, you will laugh because Andrea is always like, like I, I'm the embarrassing friend mm-hmm. because I'm like going crazy and like she just stands there with like her beer in her hand and is like, you know, enjoying and like nodding her head. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> you just let the music take you. I do. I mean, yeah. especially, I mean, please, since COVID, it's like I appreciate concerts more than I ever did before yeah. because... Ugh, being without them for so long was not a good time for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I can imagine, you know, that it's it, it, I, and you, like this is some of your lifeblood is in, in your oxygen is being at these things and, mm-hmm. and experiencing them. So I can just imagine there's so much pent up energy and rage and everything else that just needs <laughs> to be let out at these things. Um, but you like you and you even mentioned before we got into the killer song, you know, like I have this wheelhouse of music and, and sound that you know I'm going to dig. And so it is with that that you like, I don't know if it was on a show or if or if you just texted me about it or I something. I think I texted you. But you were like, here's your new favorite band or here's a new favorite band and it was Dirty Honey. Well, now I need to look into these guys because they've released two albums and they're both self-titled. <laughs> There's, It's not even like Dirty Honey 1, Dirty Honey 2. It's Dirty Honey. And I'm just like, what is what is the deal? Why can't you just name an album? But um, but I, I I haven't had a chance to to just really sit and listen and digest. And so, kind of trying to go through and get some music for tonight. I was going through a bunch of stuff we haven't really talked about or trying to find some stuff. And this is one that just kind of hit me. And I was like, I'll take this, Alex. I'll take the Wire by Dirty Honey. <laughs> And and bring it to the show because it it's one of those that you know back in the day we said it'll just be it just jams and that's what this does. Pumpkin-headed dancing man did not disappoint yet again. <laughs> I mean, that groove, though. <laughs> it, yeah, that's the thing. Like, when this song fired up, I'm like, oh, oh, 
What a groove. And then his vocals. There's just something about his vocals that are like, like on one hand, like this is Dirty Honey really, it, it's it's such a perfect name of a band for what they do. Mm-hmm. Because it does they do have this dirty raw sound, but then like there's it's just sweet like honey too when you start to listen. And that's been like there uh, you know, there's not not every track kind of grabs me by the hair like this one did, but but they but they're none that are unpleasant to me. Um and on on either album, you know, going through. And there's something about his vocals that he just, he can belt. And I'm like, who are these? And like, I kind of like that I don't know anything about them, you know? <laughs> so you could just appreciate the music. Right. I'm just like, who are these people? What is the, like, in my mind, they're just this mysterious group that like says, okay, digital world, here's a new album. You know, it's called Dirty Honey. What do you think of that? Well, I think it's the same as your other five albums, <laughs> but I'll take it, you know? Um, you know what I found very interesting about Dirty Honey? This is like a fun fact for you. Mm-hmm. They are not signed to a major label. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like they are. They just have, I think, like an agent that has like, they have like um like a production deal where essentially like, you know, a certain amount of records go out and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And very, very interesting. Yeah. And to me, like his voice... Uh, now, okay. Now we are we all know my feelings about Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is what I wish Greta Van Fleet singer sounded like. Yeah, yeah, I can see that Be- because Greta's singer tends to get like really grating, where it can almost to me get like nails on a chalkboard right. a little bit. Yeah. Um. So like, Dirty Honey is one of those bands where I'm like, I feel like it should be slightly reversed. Like I feel like dirty honey should have like the, um, you know, the, the clout behind them mm-hmm. that Greta does because yeah. I love dirty honey songs. Yeah. And it, I think Greta is still looking to find like their voice and like what they want to say in their songs. You know what? That's, that is, that's that. I think that's a really astute way of, of comparison to these two, because on one hand, listening to this group, I'm like, good night. Like it, it, it does. It evokes that classic rock feel. His voice, in a lot of ways, does evoke that Robert Plant kind of feel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whereas Greta Van Fleet, look, I dig them and I like what they're doing, but like their their latest album is called Battle at, at, at Garden, uh, Battle at Garden's Gate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's just, it, it's almost like they can't, they've settled into a sound that they know people are going to buy, I guess, or take on. And and I, I don't again. It's not. I don't know enough about them to kind of say this, but I feel like there's more to them than what they're putting out there. You know, they, they're young. They've got a lot to go. But with Dirty Honey, I feel like I they every song gives off a we're an independent group. We don't worry about label. We don't. We're not worried about a record label. You know, mm-hmm. we've got our thing going, and uh, we'll see you in your town when we get there. But what? Here's what ad, I just went to their website. They're a good-looking group of guys, too, by the way. Oh, are uh, they? I think My so. interest is speak. I think I think the lead singer guy looks is not too bad looking. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there are no upcoming events, um, no tour dates right now, um, and uh, I, it's just uh, I'm like, oh, well, now, guys, you just keep the mystery going, why don't you? 
my friend, they just played a Philly show for a radio station and my friend was just front row for them. And that mm. was one of like the major bands that he was there for. Yeah. Um, and he ended up getting like, I think a set list and a guitar pick mm-hmm. from them. Um, but I was also going to say this about Dirty Honey. T- to me, like their music, it, there's something that's like very pure about it. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Is they, the, yeah. it, it, it feels more rock and roll. Like Greta Van Fleet with their first uh, EP they put out. I was like, oh, well, this is rock and roll. But then as, as their time progressed, it felt like, well, we found our groove and this is where we're going to hang as long as we can go there. And then, of course, they've become memes. And there's the oh, whole, God. you know, the hey, whole trend and everything. And it's just like, okay, guys, I, and I'm sure they're aware of it and they're cool with it. And it's, and it's, and it's, you know, brought some attention to them and everything, especially from people my age, you know, th- who just dig it and, and a little bit older. But this group, it's like, I don't know that I want them to get big. I want, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you guys keep doing what you're doing and, uh, and I'll keep buying it because I, I just, like this song, The Wire, it, it's, you know, obviously it's about someone who he's in it, he's trying to get away from, you know, but he can't because he's walking her wire, you know, so he's he's in danger out on the wire because he's headed to her either way, you know, and he can't get away from her. And, and but forget all that. To me, from the moment it opens up, it just grabs you and you're just going to jam. Yeah. It gives me. It also gives me like a little Thin Lizzy in terms of like that's yeah. the band I want. I want to go out to the bar and and see that band. Yep, yep. Like that's that vibe. Like yep. I want to go out to a bar down the street and Dirty Honey's playing. Like yep. that's what I want that sound to be. Mm-hmm. I I can totally I I can totally see that now. Um, <clears throat> just to move along here in in the in the hangout session, you know w- the conversation tonight has turned a lot to kind of our sound the sounds that we're into, the music we're into, the fact that I have a d- distinct wheelhouse and you're nuts all over the place. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that, like, I think if people talk about this show and they talk about, uh, obviously Bruce is going to come up probably very early in, yeah. in the in the who do they love, who do they like. I don't think that anyone, I think Def Leppard's got to come up pretty early on in the discussion. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and I think they'll, I think that they'll talk about Bon Jovi, but not so much. I think that if Queen is not number three on the list of, of people that get celebrated on this sh- or bands that get celebrated on the show, I think that 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 we might have done a disservice to Queen on this show. Um, I agree because we talked about, and I think in our best vocalist, we did that one time where we did like the best vocalist of all time. Yeah, remember you're going to do a band, yeah. Marvel Notebook. Oh yeah, best of all time. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, we did our best singers of all time, and and didn't Freddie Mercury end up? Didn't wasn't he our number one? Of, of course, yeah. yes. So yeah, because I remember talking to one of my friends here in town about that. I'm like, who would you say is the greatest rock vocalist of all time? And I said, I said, no. I, and I, what I did, I looked at him and said, no, 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 no. Let me ask you this: Who's better than Freddie Mercury? <laughs> I mean, I really did. Help I me. I said, help me out. Who? And and it wasn't that way. It was like, help me see if there if if i've got this right at number one you know who is better that who can you think of that's better than freddie mercury and he couldn't he's like i don't know as far as a range goes as far as just the the voice and everything goes um but queen also to me just represents this almost you know it's it's what sticks tried to be when they tried to do the rock opera stuff you know mm. um 
I, I think I think that uh, you know I, I think that they're so theatrical. Their music is theatrical, and that's why it worked on on some of the over the top kind of films that they were on, like Highlander, like Flash Gordon. Yes, you know, <laughs> it, it just works that way. And so, um, so we've got a back to the back here thing with Queen. One not so sad, the other kind of sad. <laughs> but uh, this is good old fashioned. Uh, let me make sure the the, the 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 volume's up here. Good old fashioned lover boy. I can dim the lights and sing you songs full of sad things. We can do the tango just for two. I can serenade and gently play on your heartstrings. Be a Valentino just for you. My wife calls me a good old-fashioned lover boy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're really, it's like this song is just like so like I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just so like boppy and fun, right? Yeah. Like it's yep. just perfect. Um, and a song that probably like, doesn't get like you know the love that I think it does, but it's it's definitely in my top twenty uh, Queen songs. That one time when Eddie Trunk did his top twenty Queen songs, and I was like the only girl to get on, and I was on right before Luke Spiller. Girl, <laughs> 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 fashion lover was on my list. Nice. Um, but the reason I wanted to play Queen, um, obviously this song is not on A Night at the Opera, but I wanted to talk about Queen because, as we know from our last podcast, um. I have a vinyl obsession. Uh, so this has happened. And I recently discovered a record store pretty close to me. It's like 20 minutes away. Um, and I went there about like two weeks ago because I was like, you know what? They, they just reopened. I want to check it out. I want to see what the deal is. Um, and I have found my record store. <laughs> so- oh, Nice. Yeah, so, like, I was in there, and, like, when I went in, like, a conversation was happening that, like, you expect to hear at a record store. Like, people, like, these two guys at the counter were talking about, you know, what version is better, and, like, all this stuff. Like, no, like, this release is better, and then someone's like, no, the remastered is where it's at. Like, it was just, it was so funny. Um, So I started, like, looking through stuff, and I get to, like, the rock section, you know, and I'm looking, 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 and... um. It's cool because they have, like, a, a cool, like, um, pricing system on the wall that, like, each of the uh, records, they have, like, their protective sheet. Mm-hmm. And each of the protective sheets has a color sticker on it. Yep. Um, so it's like, okay, well, if it's a red sticker, it's $3. If it, it And, like, the most expensive one was $12. So wow. I'm like. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, like, some things were more, but, like, anything that had one of the color stickers on it, the most expensive it went up to was 12. Um, so I was, like, you know, thumbing through my sections, and I went to um, the queen section, and, like, for me, when I started getting vinyl, like, I said I was only going to get vinyl of, like, albums that really, like, impacted me mm-hmm. as, like, a music person. And then I inherited Angie and Bill's collection, and that's just out the window. So now I'm just <laughs> now I'm just obsessed. Nice. Um. So they had like this new. It was like a uh, 180 gram Night at the Opera, and I don't have a Night at the Opera. Um. I have News of the World, and I have Sheer Heart Attack, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get a Night at the Opera. Um. Because how can you not have that in your collection, right? Right. So, right. So I went through there, but um, some other like gems that I just wanted to like highlight that I got. Um, so I got Van Halen, Women and Children first. And like the entire reason why I got it is because it came with a, like the original poster. Like it was original pressing with the original poster. Wow. And the poster is like David Lee Roth looking like Tarzan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, well, I obviously I need that. Um, so like I picked up that and I had like a little nice little like pile going and like the owner of the store was like, you got a good pile. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, see, see what I like, see what's, you know, see what's good. Yeah. Um, and he said, he was like, look, he's like, feel free. He's like, if you put anything back because, oh, like, I don't know, like that's, you know, X amount of dollars. He's like, just bring it up to the register. He's like, I'm always like willing to make a deal on, on a record. And I'm like, all right. Sweet. So. So then I get to the Bon Jovi section. Mm. <laughs> so I get to the Bon Jovi collection. You sound like I'm, you sound like me in a comic book shop lately. It's so sad. Um, if we ever, if this podcast ever becomes visual, we definitely have to do like an album show. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we'll just say it here. We're we're trying to figure out the best way to do Rock Out Loud on YouTube at some point. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So get ready. <laughs> Um, but so I'm like going through the Bon Jovi stuff and I stop at this one and I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And then I look at it and I go, hmm, it's also very drawn on. Um, so I, in the, in the bin is a promo copy of Silent Night. Mm. Um, and it's the infamous, the best kept secret in rock and roll. Mm hmm. Um, which infamously like went out when they were trying to really push the second record. Right. And the person that had this album before, <laughs> before they sold it or in the eighties when it came out, must have not been a fan of John particularly. Um, they gave him like eyeliner and eyelashes and wrote a not so nice word on his arm. Oh. <laughs> And then on the back, they wrote, like, Pretty Boy, and it was just to him. So they must have really not liked it. And I said, you know what? I mean, this is one of a kind. Like, you know, this is drawn on. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, and it's $2, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I went up to the register, the guy was like, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody's, like, buying this. And I said to him, I was like, look, like, I love all things Bon Jovi like I'm always interested in Bon Jovi and I'm like and this is like ridiculous and also like kind of hilarious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um like that somebody just did not like him this much like did he sleep with your girlfriend what happened um 
so yeah, I was like, I will, I will be purchasing this today. And like me and the owner, we started talking about like, of course, I don't even know how the rock and roll hall of fame and how it's a farce and bands with like original band members and all this sort of stuff. And he was like, you know what? He's like, I actually, um, just got some stuff in that like, I haven't been able to put out yet. Do you want to like look through the bin? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Um, so like there was a copy of Hysteria in the one and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, love Hysteria. I was like, I mm-hmm. have it. And he's like the guy that was just in here before you. He just got on through the night. And I was like, oh, I've had on through the night for forever. <laughs> I was like, I have everything up until Adrenalize on vinyl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like going through, going through. And there was a ton of Kiss in there, and I almost bought more Kiss because I have a ton of Kiss from Angie and Bill. (laughs) Um, But it's one of those things where I'm like, I have almost every album with makeup except, like, three. And I'm like, I need to get those three. Mm -hmm. Um, And I almost did, but I was like, no, I've already got a lot of stuff. Um, But they also had a Meatloaf Bat Out of Hell that was in, like, really good condition. And I was like, you know what? I don't have Bat Out of Hell, and I should have that in my collection. So, like, I grabbed that, and I also grabbed Billy Squire, Don't Say No, which is the Billy Squire album that you know all the hits from. Mm -hmm. Um, And I bring it up to the register, and the guy – because I already paid with, like, my other stuff. And, like, the guy was like – he's like, honestly, he's like, as my thank you for good conversation and you um, coming in for the first time, he's like, those are on me. Take them. Nice. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, he's like, take them, please. And I was like, oh, my God. And I said to him, I was like, you know, I'll be back. Um, And I said, I was like, if there's anything specific I'm looking for, I'm like, can I just message you on Facebook? Mm. (laughs) And he's like, because we started talking about Bowie and like he has like a giant Bowie collection. Um, And he's like, yeah, he's like, if there's anything specific that you are, you know, looking for searching for he's like let me know he's like because i'll go out and i'll look for it and when i get it i'll just message you and say hey got it in stock here's like you know what i'm looking for for it um so i was like don't tempt me with a good time i'm gonna do that well that's all like that it's so fun to find a place like that though too Mm-hmm. You know, and then to be able to sit and talk music with somebody, it's it's what everyone wants a good comic shop to be. Granted, there's not a lot of good comics to talk these days, but, you know, it, it, it really is. You, I want to springboard off of that to say the last time we were talking, I told you that the the group that I grew up loving as far as Christian rock music goes was called Petra. Petra. <laughs> yeah. And, and there were a couple of albums that this one website, Girder, was doing for pre-order. Um, Did you get them? Not yet. I haven't bit the bullet on, on the albums. But then the other day, I got a notification from uh, Girder, and um, they were telling me that, look, we've got some music that has pretty much hasn't been released since it first came out. And what happened is Petra had an album. Uh, they when, when CDs got big and everything, basically they combined two albums onto one CD. And it caused it to not, so they didn't have two tracks from one of the albums on the CD. And basically oh. you would have had to go back and buy the vinyl the, to buy the record to be able to get that because I don't know that they ever even made them a cassette. So they've released them as separate CDs now through this company. And I was like, well, I've got to have those because that's something I never had. You know, I, I had every, I had the whole, listen, I had the whole catalog, Kristen. I celebrate the entire catalog. I celebrate the entire catalog. So I have pre-ordered those CDs, but then they have now, they've done pre-orders now for four more albums. Oh 
And these things mm-hmm. look so stinking cool. They've got like a swirl design on one. Oh, yes. There's, I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. There's a there's like a fire design on another and a splattered. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't order four different, six different records, seven different records. And then I got yes, an email. Can. I got an email from the guy who runs the place today because he emailed me personally. You know, it's not, I promise <laughs> you, it's not a mass email. There's two more pre-order or i'm sorry three more albums going up for pre-order tomorrow morning Mm. that are limited to 250 of two of them and 500 of another steve you gotta jump on that i know they they only uh increase in value i'm not worried about the value i just like i feel like i was a fan of this group i must have these yes yeah so i don't know it's expensive Oh, but it, I mean, it is definitely an expensive habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just got, um, so I now have all of my chemical romances albums on vinyl. Nice. So I have bullets. I have revenge, the black parade on picture disc and I have danger days and danger days is like a purple swirly, beautiful vinyl. It's stunning. Um, so we'll see what like my next uh, my next vinyl will be. I'm trying to find for a reasonable price one either of the first two Oasis records. Mm. I'm also trying to find uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show mm-hmm. and Labyrinth soundtracks. <laughs> Ooh, Kristen, <laughs> I where were we? Listen, Haley and I do a lot of like antique malls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in, inevitably, these places have people selling vinyl. And I want to say, I stumbled, I, I want to, where were we? I feel like I've seen the Labyrinth soundtrack on vinyl. Oh my God. So th- jealous. And I, and I almost bought it. I did almost buy it. And, and I thought, eh, it, again, it's one of those things. It's like, what am I going to do with this? I didn't even think about Kristen Love's Labyrinth. I should grab this for it. Maybe I just saw the DVD or something. I don't know. I But I will keep an eye out for all of those things because, like, you never know what you're going to find in these places. I know. Seriously, I would have Venmoed you in a second. You could have been like, oh, yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's really $5, but for finder's fee, it's 30 I would be like, $30 no, Venmo. I wouldn't do that to you at all. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'll keep an eye out. For sure. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Totally changing the subject back to Queen here real quick. Yeah, sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. I, I'm wondering, did Jim Steinman ever team up and do anything with Queen? That is a, I don't think so. Do, am I wrong in thinking that that would have been like a, a super pairing? Like for them to do a Jim Steinman style song or, or like him write something for them to do? Well, here's the thing with um, Jim Steinman. Like, it could have been the greatest thing ever, or it could be, like, uh, Def Leppard hysteria and a total travesty. That's that's true. So Did Steinman... Was, wait a minute. Which, was, yeah. Was Steinman producing them on hysteria? Yes. I didn't realize that. Why did I not... Why did I not put two and two together? Well, you knew this because we definitely talked about it on right. The we did talk show. about it, but it never occurred to me that was Jim Steinman who wrote for Meatloaf and everything. Yeah, so it didn't. It did not work, and I'm. It's so because like Def Leppard has been releasing a lot of stuff on vinyl, a lot of vinyl box sets mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, I need all of it. Yeah. Um. But uh, Joe said in an interview, he was like, you know, there is nothing. He's like, and I'm not saying this to be like, no, there's nothing when there is something. He's like, there is nothing 
from the Steinman hysteria pit. sessions. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, damn it, because I would love to freaking hear that, man. And people, I mean, that's why he had to say that, because people are clamoring to be able to hear what that stuff sounded like. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. It's like a, it, it's, it's like the, um, it's like the people want the George Lucas versions of the sequel trilogy. What did he have in mind? Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's that same kind of thing. John Phillips says Queen didn't need the, and you're right. Listen, Queen did not need the help. I'm not saying they needed quote unquote help, but like Steinman's songs that he would write and compose and stuff, you know, just had that theatrical flair to them. You know, you think of like Meatloaf stuff that, that Steinman wrote, that he and Steinman collaborated on. Like that's, you know, that I could see Queen doing that style of, of something. And uh, and it just it just kind of hit me, but I, I'm not saying they needed the help. Please, everyone, don't take it that way. I understand. Well, I know. I know. Queen's big producer was um, Roy Thomas Baker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who who like kind of looks like Jim Steinman a little right. bit. <laughs> no, they're of the, they're of the same of the same mindset. Yeah, but, I mean, you kind of look at both of them and you're <clears> like, oh yeah, uh huh. <laughs> but when we were talking about doing last albums, I was kind of going through some and running through lists online of like the greatest last albums ever. <laughs> And of course, Queen's Maiden Heaven is there. And mm-hmm. um, off of that album is Let Me Live. And it's kind of sad and ironic because um, Freddie Mercury was was not long for this world um, when when they were recording this album. In fact, apparently, just reading up on it, like it was breakneck pace. Like, get everything you can. We'll record it all. You know, let's just lay them. Let's lay as much as we can down. Mm-hmm. And. Um, one of the things I laid down was this track, and and I it's like I told you before we got started. I'm a sucker for a for a choir and a rock song, and um and so I just found myself listening to this and being kind of mesmerized by it. It's "Let Me Live." Three, Why don't you take another little piece of my heart? Why don't you take it and break it and tear it all apart? All I do is give and all you do is take. Baby, why don't you give me a brand new start? So let me coming in on there with him sounded like brian yeah yeah it it's uh but it that that song like i found myself today while i was kind of doing some stuff like kind of jamming to it or whatever and (laughs) that is very you (laughs) yeah it really is (laughs) that's very you steve we're all sad that's your your worlds colliding right yeah we're all sad he's dead 
we're glad you enjoyed the choir. Thanks. But I mean, honestly, again, like think about like we talked about this when we talked about the show must go on. Mm -hmm. But again, like a guy that, like you said, not long for this world, like, you know, his days are numbered. Mm -hmm. Still sounds that damn good. He does. He really does. And also, um, you like you might think based on the circumstances, it's a plea for actual living. But no, it's a good breakup song. So. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Well, it is. He's like, you got to let me go. You got to let me live. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in a bad relationship and you just and you can't get out because they're they're kind of controlling or whatever, you just play them this song and walk away as they're listening. And, Let me live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris, there will never be another. <laughs> no, no, there won't be. I mean, like we're we're seeing people come close. Like I think that uh, I think Luke comes close. To as far as his his performance goes, like like the showmanship, yes, yeah, the showmanship aspect of it. But there's just something about his voice, like and there. Listen, there's some incredible vocalists out there, but there's something about combining the two things that, like, he was such a showman, such a vocalist, and and the, whenever you hear him sing, like, it's one of the things about him. And I know, I think Carissa may be listening to us right now, veteran member of the of the Goliverse, uh, the Mixler Zoo crew. Um, and she's very into vocal training and that sort of thing. He has such control um, in everything you hear him do. Like you never, and I, and and I'm not just talking about the 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 studio stuff where it can get produced and that sort of thing. The live stuff you hear from him, he, he maintains perfect control of his voice, which when you're singing to the level that he is, is not an easy task. Yeah. You know? No. And so, especially, uh-oh, they're racing in the streets. They are. You know, they love to do that here. That's right. <laughs> so. And also, like, let's not forget with Freddie, like, the emoting, the emoting. Like, yeah. he just yep. emotes yep. when he sings. I mean, some would say he had a kind of magic. <laughs> was uh, Chris says, wasn't he, was, wasn't he, um, he classically trained? He had to be, right? Is he? I feel like he never had a vocal lesson, y'all. Oh, well, let's... I feel like that's one of those weird factoids. Classically trained. Let's find out what's going on here. Um, He did receive formal piano training, but has always said that he had no real vocal training. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. He was sent to a boarding school in Mumbai at age nine where he received formal piano training. So... He is pretty slick on those keys. He is. That's the other thing. <laughs> Look, here and here's the other thing. Like I let's not begin to to disparage pop music especially of the of the modern day. Let's not do that. No, let's. Um, okay, great. Good. Um <laughs> there is like Look, like what you like, enjoy what you enjoy. You know, no judgment here. Okay, but there is something that's a lot more magical and noteworthy about a a group of people who can stand on stage in front of people and play whatever instrument they're playing and do it well and 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 sing and put on a show versus someone who goes into a studio and already has it all laid out for them. And then their voice is put through an auto tuner. I'm. I mean, like it's just it. It there. The, you know, the, obviously, the ability to pitch up and pitch down has been around for a long, long time, almost as long as there've been recording studios. <laughs> but 
you know, the further back you go, the less the less reliable that technology is. And you had to be able to perform. You had to be able to to uh, to to make the things happen. And Freddie Mercury and Queen, they were one of the groups that, that were able to do that. Um, it wasn't, you know, it's like the song says, video killed the radio star. You know, it's when you started seeing how ugly some of these people were, like, ooh, we got to find someone else to put out front. Yeah. You know, and, and so you end up with kind of where we're at nowadays, especially in, on, in the world of pop music, you know. And people say the 80s were all look and no substance. <laughs> I don't, and I don't think that's the case at all. I think. That, I agree. I, I think, I think that. We'll both die on that hill. I, for sure we will. But I also think, you know what, there's something about the evolution of pop music, too. If you go back and you listen to what pop music was as far back as like the 50s and 60s and everything, there was a little bit of there was a little bit of rebel attitude about it. There was a little bit of I don't I don't know that there was a ton of substance. They all kind of saying it seems like about a lot of the same things. But I don't know. It just it felt it feels more real to go back and listen until you hit a certain point in time when Everything is pre-produced, you know, made just for the radio, made just for this. And especially now in, in the, I don't know, I sound like an old man now just screaming at the cloud, so I'll shut up. But, <laughs> but we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, we are in October, the spookiest month. So we yes. got, we got a couple of, we got a couple of semi-spooky tracks coming up. I say semi because... You know they're not the really. The next one is not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But this is. Uh, but this is from a, a horror picture show. Um, oh, a beautiful picture show. So I, one I've never seen, by the way. Really? You heard me. I said it. Oh God, that just hurt me really, really bad. <laughs> well, here's "I'm Going Home" by Tim. It's sung by Tim Curry. On the day I went away Goodbye Was all I had to say I want to come again and stay Smile and that will mean I'm there Here's what I know I don't want to do. What? I don't want to go watch this with a crowd of people who watch it every night at midnight. Oh my God, it's back. so much fun that way. Well, you don't want to do that for the first time you see the thing. Well, here's the thing. Some people, that completely seals the deal for them in terms of enjoying the movie because uh. they kind of get like the humor of it. My thing with Rocky Horror, a lot of people that watch it 
take it way too seriously and they're like mm. i'm trying to, to like follow the plot like what is what is happening it's like just don't do that just, just don't do that it's not it's not that kind of movie right. just immerse yourself and just lose yourself in the glory of tim curry in fishnets and heels and a corset because he's another you know tim curry's another guy that in his day was really talented and um so good and in so many iconic roles yep 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 this, i mean he had no business being as good as he is in legend i was i was about to say he was the devil in legend you know a and, very seductive and you seductive can't but, devil and also like to this day when i when i see pictures of him i'm like i can see it in the eyes you know, but he he's really well hidden in that makeup and everything. Yeah. And he wears it well. He does it well. Of course, this is an iconic role for him. And, of course, Long John Silver in Muppet Treasure Island. I mean, honestly, that's probably the most important one, right? Oh, listen. <laughs> you're not going to convince me that that's not the role he was born to play. Um, he He's really funny in that movie, by the way. Like, he does a great job of playing off of those puppets. And... Um, and and there's a there's a great line that I still love to this day. I wonder if I can pull it up to play it. Um, uh, Muppets Treasure Island. But he does a lot of singing in that and stuff. He plays Long John Silver and um, it's fun. Uh, let, what's going on? Oh, someone's forgot to tell me something. Um, he. You know what I love about um Tim Curry too is like you know that I'm sure you probably have seen that meme where it's like I will judge you based on like where you know Tim Curry from like mm-hmm. it's so true because it's like do you know him from like the wild thornberries do you know him mm. from Muppet Treasure Island do yeah. you know him from it do you know him from Home Alone do you know him from Clue Home Alone too that's right he was in Home Alone and he was in Clue yes yeah I mean, he he buttles in Clue. It's amazing. Yes, he does. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, Rocky Horror, like, even though it's not a horror movie, like, I always watch it in, like, my October, like, watch-along marathons. And, like, I was saying in the chat, like, hearing that you've never seen Rocky Horror is mind-boggling to me because I literally used to watch Rocky Horror when I was a child Mm -hmm. at my grandma's house. Like, I I would plop myself down in front of the TV. Like, I was probably, like, four years old and I would watch it and I would, when it was done, I would get up on the arm of the chair and I would hit the rewind button and I would watch it all over again. Like I absolutely love. <laughs> wow. So you're the kid yeah. who, you're the kid who was watching Rocky horror picture show. I know at four. And my grandma was like, you love the scene in the pool, which just makes me laugh because like, that is the uh, parents like cover your children's ears. Um, that is like the orgy scene. <laughs> oh my. But she was like, you loved that so much. And apparently I loved I'm Going Home, which I mean, how could you not? I mean, it's an iconic song. His voice, the emotion. He's beautiful. He's one of those guys, like, he's not traditionally beautiful, but no. he's so beautiful. He is. He's just, you. he has a look that you can't really take your eyes off of. Like, he, he has a magnetism and a charisma on screen that is... Um, that that you know it's it's that it factor that you yes. can't really that you can't really nail down um, also uh a little luke spiller <laughs> if you look at him young tim curry and luke spiller it's a little freaky yeah i can see that sure 
also John Phillips is like, and that explains Kristen. Yes, I I watched a Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was four. I also fell in love with Labyrinth and was like, why is she not staying with him? Like, what is wrong with this girl? So, like, yeah, things are questionable about me. (laughs) (laughs) No, come on. (laughs) A a lot's coming into view here. Look, I'm going to play the audio from this scene because I love Tim Curry's performance so much in it. Basically, here's what you need to understand. He's Long John Silver. Mm-hmm. They've gotten to the island. The treasure's not there. And so all of his companions that he stowed upon, that he got put on this ship that, you know, they mutinied and everything and, and took over the ship with him, they are now turned on him. And there's a really dumb goat. That is a Muppet. <laughs> that they're telling him, they, the, the, the goat is now meant to give him the black spot. Ah, the black the spot. Dreaded black spot. The black spot is the death mark for a pirate. It's a it's yep. a, it's a death sentence for pirates. So I watched Black Sails. <laughs> all right, so here. Well, look, this is Muppets Treasure Island. So, <laughs> so here we go. Uh oh, where's my where's my volume? <laughs> this is for you. Let's hand him the black spot. The black spot. Yeah. yeah. You dare to give me the black spot? Well, that's Tim he, Curry. he told me to. What? Shut up, will you? And it's drawn on a page from the Bible. You tore a page from the Holy Scriptures to make a pirate's death sentence. Yeah. Oh, the red hot gates of hell are creeping open. Satan is hating his bunkers for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fall down on your knees and beg for deliverance from damnation. Please forgive us. Very good. You're forgiven. Now untie me. And let's go find the treasure. Oh, oh, you are a good man. You are a kind man, a handsome man. Precious. Oh, you're precious. <laughs> I love, you're precious. He but is I, precious. But I love how he goes into, you tore a page out of the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> and the and the line, say, he goes into like televangelist mode. Satan is hating his pokers for you. I always love that. Also, he was Three Musketeers. He was the bad guy in Three Musketeers. He, he's been in everything. Yeah. He's such a good character actor. Yep. Like, just adore him. And when you let him chew up scenery, oh, like, yeah. I mean, in Legend, when he's like, mm-hmm. dreams are my speciality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like that whole, it's like, yeah, buddy, you go on that soliloquy. You take that monologue, yeah. honey. Yes. I think, we'll see. I think that's why he does so well in like a Rocky Horror Picture Show or like the Muppets even here, because he gets to just be... Full on unleashed. It is. It is the Frank Langella. This uh, go with me here. It's the Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe thing. Frank Langella is this great actor that everyone I think would say you know pretty classically trained. He's done his horror stuff, but he's also he's also a pretty well respected actor. But he puts on Skeletor makeup in 1987's Masters of the Universe. He man, and just goes nuts like. Just absolutely, he is he is a pleasure to watch because he goes full on. He just he just goes all out for it. 
complete melodrama, complete chewing up the scenery. And that's what Tim, when Tim Curry does that, you're right. He's just, he's perfect about it. He's awesome. So He's a treasure. He must be protected at all costs. Indeed. Indeed. And I know he had a stroke a little while back, and I, I guess his recovery hasn't gone super well to speed, but, um, but we, of course, wish him the best. Yes. We love you. Um, I was looking around for, because you have the, the last track we're going to play tonight is one from a, from a not so scary, but kind of scary movie. And I was like, <laughs> what other movies are like that from around that same time period that would be fun to play? So I pulled up the Teen Wolf soundtrack. Okay. And there's not much there. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just kind of going through and looking and looking. We could always play Ghostbusters, but that doesn't really fit our thing. Um, I don't think there's a better movie to pull from than the Lost Boys, mm. and and so, I mean, remember I don't know you you obviously I remember when this movie came out. Oh, I'm I was so jealous. I was ten years old. I didn't get to go to the theater and see it. This was not something my parents would let me see, but we rented it. Okay. And 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 watched it. But I remember this song on the radio, and I remember it being just chilling to listen to. But it's so good. It's Cry Little Sister. And it just, it, oh, it's just freaky and great. One of the things that I love about this song is that you kind of want it to kind of break out a little more than it ever really does, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It kind of stays in that like mid-tone, mid-tempo. Right. And it kind of, and that kind of adds to the creepiness of it all. Yes. And I mean, anytime you have like a kid's choir singing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what made, um, what's her fate? There was another song that came out. Not long after this, maybe it was closer to eighty eight, eighty nine, but it was the um the Toy Soldier song by Marishka. Okay. And uh it was uh it was step by step, heart to heart, left right left, we all fall down in a toy soldier. Anyhow, she had <laughs> she had kids backing her up singing that, and I always equated that song with being kind of creepy because of this song. <laughs> Like, I just can't help it. But, and, like, you know what else I love about this song, too? Like, besides the creepy children and all that, like, just that intro is creepy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It yep. just gives, like, that good, like, spooky, you know, October feel to it. Stepping and I just, into like, it. Lost Boys, like, I'll, I'll, I'll die on the hill. I think Lost Boys is, I think 
Lost Boys is probably my favorite vampire movie. I don't I don't have a problem with that statement at all, Kristen. In fact, I'm thankful to hear you say that. Right? Like it's just so fun. Like it's it's the perfect balance of like scary and comedy. Like the first time you ever see David in that makeup, mm-hmm. it's Oh, it it's, is creepy. It is scary, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't like that at well, all. Well, and the whole scene of them like flying to to their cave and everything, it's like yes. it's very low budget when you think about it, but it, it but because because it's so low budget. You know, there's a lot of aerial shots over the town that are supposed to be from their point of view, but when you cut back to them, it's just black and foggy. Yes. And and you're just like this is really weird and creepy and it just kind of adds to the creepiness of it all. But then you've got the Corys in there doing their mm-hmm. thing. You've got, uh, you got grandpa and I love, I mean the last line of the whole movie, that's the one thing I couldn't stand about Santa so Claire. Like, all the damn vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like it's, it, and they do the creepy, they do a scary home alone thing where they set the house up with all the different vampire traps and everything. Yes. The holy water. And of course, Nanook helping out, you know, Nanook's the ultimate MVP. Yes, yes. I, I, and so, yeah, Haley's not seen that, and, and she says she wants to watch it, but we got to do it in the daytime because it'll scare her too much. Um, really? But it's such a good, it's such a good, fun, fun movie, and it's not, a, it is creepy, and there are some jump scares. You know, I, what, dude, when they, when they go to the lair to kill him, that whole scene. Oh, my God. Good night, bloodsucker. Yeah. Oh, that's not <laughs> like, fun. And it tiptoes that, it just tiptoes that line so well. It's like the perfect 80s movie. And like, I yes, always yes. say, like, I am always going to prefer and be a fan of movies where vampires enjoy being vampires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I love Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. But I love Interview with the Vampire because of Lestat. Mm. Like Lestat dancing around with a dead body. It's right. hilarious. Yeah. So, so this, like, I love that it's like it's teenage, great looking dudes from the 80s that are like, no, like, we enjoy being vampires. And we don't, you know, say, oh, we're so sad that we have to kill these people. It's like, no, we're literally like eating people's brains, basically, mm-hmm. when they go to that fire pit where they just take right. down. Yeah, they're just all loving life. People. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just so great. And then, like you said, you have the Corey. So you have, like, that whole, like, comedy thing where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you'll you'll like this one, Mr. Phoenix. You know, our number's on the back. Pray you never need to call us. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then, like, and, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then once they finally, like, figure it out, like, at the end when they're, like, or not the end, but, like, when they get out of the cave and they're like, they pulled a, a switch on us. They opened their eyes and talked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they um, the the and then there's the whole mystery of who is the, who's the who's the head of them all, the you know, these people, yeah, the head yep. vampire and all that stuff. And I look the the whole the whole thing. You you said it right. I was going to say it, but you said exactly what I was going to say. It's the perfect '80s vampire movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I'm trying to think of if there was anything else like. I mean, maybe, um, American Werewolf in in. Is it London? In London? Or, yeah, maybe that kind of comes close, but I've never seen it to know if it has the same level of humor and everything. I've never seen it, and I don't think not American Werewolf, but I've never seen the movie Near Dark. Mm-hmm. But and I don't, so I don't know if it has the comedy aspect. But I know that people say that 
Near Dark is another really great Lost Boys-esque mm. kind of vampire movie, but it might just be in the, like, enjoying vampires part. Yeah. But yeah. maybe not the comedy part. Uh, John Phillips says Fright Night. Is Fright Night, that's not the one... No, I'm thinking of Monster Squad, where <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Um, Fright Night is uh, that's I remember that I remember that box in the. Uh, I was just gonna say I remember the cover. I think. Yeah, it's got the house with the creepy face floating over it and everything. It says here it's a horror comedy. I never realized it was a horror comedy, but it's got scary looking people in it, and I can't watch that. Um, it's kind of like Evil Dead. I, I think. I remember uh, the first time I saw The Evil Dead, I'd ask Derek, I'm like, because I what I knew of The Evil Dead was the third one, The Army of Darkness. Okay. And I was like, is this scary? He's like, no. And I put it in at my house by myself at night, and it's all about demon possession. So I'm like, no, no. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't play with this. I don't like this. Get behind me, Satan. Um, yeah, I didn't I also th- don't love the possession thing. Yeah. That's not my, that's that's not, not my bag. It's not what I want to be a part of at all. Um, so, (laughs) but vampires. Yeah. Also, I was, I said it to, um, to Carissa cause she was like, it's really, it's like really camp. Cause she said she only saw it a couple days ago. Um, and I said, any movie that puts glitter in their blood is a okay with me. Like it's just so eighties and Mm -hmm. so camp and it's just, it's just incredible. And I mean, we're not done talking about lost boys cause I mean, there's one scene we've not talked about. (laughs) No, we're about to though. What about the burbs? (laughs) Did you ever see the burbs? It's a couple of years later. It, I have not. It's Tom Hanks. It's Carrie Fisher. Okay. It's Corey Feldman. Okay. Um, and basically, there's a new family that moves in town, and they're creepy, and everyone's convinced that they're Satan worshippers doing human sacrifice or something, you know, or killing people, and um, and and hilarity, but yet dark comedy ensues. Um, and uh, let's see here. We just got something in the chat. Oh, yeah, I'm responding. I t- 100% saw those pictures, and Ooh. I'm a jerk and never replied. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, nice. Look at this. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God, when I saw them come through, because I remember asking you to send them. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, look at that. That's nice. That's really cool. I like that for box those, set. For those listening, I asked um, someone in the chat, DF Music 64 to send pictures of their Def Leppard box set, and they did. And they did, um, yeah. And it's, I'm telling you, man, it's this Christmas is going to be a lot of that stuff. David Fisher Music, ladies and gentlemen. Old DF. Yeah, look, at that is so cool. I love that box set. It's kind of, when you put them all together, it's got the Def Leppard triangle logo and everything. I know! Yeah. Sweet. That is cool. All right, thanks, David. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was a. a, a um, I also didn't realize it was an email we hadn't read or I hadn't read. Uh, I looked at it, so, um, yeah, he, you got it, man. Awesome, thanks, David. Um, so and Jerry Goldsmith score. Oh yeah, Jerry Goldsmith did the score for, but he also wove in. Uh, did he do the score for Lost Boys, or is Burbs? I think that's the Burbs. But I like what I like about Lost Boys is is that is that song that we just played is 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 woven through the sound the score the whole time. Yeah, it's and, basically like the theme, yeah. and like you said, like woven in. Yep. Throughout, it's yep. great. Um, but you need to watch the Burbs. I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's just okay. It it is a dark comedy. Um, 
which I love. Yeah, and uh, and and I remember the first time I saw it, I was excited because Carrie Fisher was in it, you know, and Tom Hanks was, he wasn't, he was Tom Hanks, you know, he was Tom Hanks that everyone kind of knew. I don't think he'd done Sleepless in Seattle yet. But, okay, but so, he, so was, he was like on the up and up. He was on his way up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth, I, I'll say it's definitely worth your time. Um it, it's Adding it to stuff. the list. Yeah, add it to the list. So there is a scene in... Uh, infamous. <laughs> infamous. Yeah, Goldsmith did the score of the birds, not uh, not Lost Boys. Um, infamous scene. And I mean, like, look, it doesn't get any better in an 80s movie than some muscled up dude in tight leather pants blowing on a saxophone. Mm. And only the great director, Joel Schumacher, could give us something like that. I know. It's like, thank you for finding Tim Capello. Thank you so much. Which, by the way, fun fact, my Graham was always like, oh, yeah, he was Tina Turner's saxophonist. And, oh, my God, he oh. was, he's beautiful. <laughs> oh, well. Well, this is this is the song that was played, and it's uh, it's it's called "I Still Believe." And I have I have a funny bit of I think we've talked about this, but you'll just have to bear with us, folks. I have a funny bit of trivia about this, but there he is. Here comes that bass. There we go. I might just sing along with this. By the way, if you don't think the pumpkin-headed dancing man is going to this, you got geared wrong. Come on. <laughs> it's incredible. And also, the Dancing Pumpkin Man was made to dance to yes, that Yes, and he is. Like, he is busting it out. I'm telling you, I had to watch him twice. Um, I had it where he was voguing to the beat of the yes, drum. I couldn't, I couldn't yes. handle it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Here's how I know we talked about this song, because I brought it up about, we were watching, um, Haley and I, we watched the... It was a it was a little mini series about the Waco situation back in the in the early mid nineties, okay. um, the the Branch Davidians, David Koresh, all that stuff. And there's a moment when you know they've got the spotlights on the on the compound and everything, and they're trying to 
flush them out and they're, you know, and so he just looks and tells the, and there's, and now they're running on generator power in the compound. And so he says, fire up the generators. We're going to give them a concert. And they get all the speakers they have and everything. And basically uh, for the show, this didn't happen in real life, but for the show, this is the song that he plays in the window. Is <laughs> <laughs> I still believe. Um, still believe. You know, and you have to remember this guy led a bunch of people to their deaths, regardless of the fact that it was ATF FBI's fault. He, if he would have just sent them all out and turned himself in, none of this would have happened. Um, because you really start to sympathize for him and he's a, he was a crackpot, but, but also my introduction, as I remember it best, like I remember watching this movie as a 10, 11 year old kid when we rented it one night with some of my big sister's friends, but I wasn't paying attention to the music so much. Okay. You know, I, if if there if there weren't if Corey Feldman and company weren't on screen fighting vampires, I'd kind of checked out a little bit. <laughs> so my actual real first awareness of this song came from a guy named Russ Taff. Okay. Russ Taff, Kristen, is a is a Christian singer from uh from a from a he was originally in a southern gospel style group called the uh the the imperials he let he later he later would sing with um with with some with everyone's grandparents favorite group the Gaith, the gaither vocal band but somewhere <laughs> in there he did a little bit of contemporary christian style music and this is and they and he covered this song he covered this song he, he covered i still believe Wow. And so for some reason I had an album by him that was like a best of album and it was on there. I mean you there's that bass line, you recognize that little yeah. Immediately. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you this. They ain't no ain't ain't no uh excuse me while I get super country here. Ain't no saxophone in his version. You know what? Get out of my house. Like, why are you even attempting? Right. <laughs> right. Appreciate like, that you need a saxophone. Right. Appreciate that you love the Lord. Appreciate that you're doing it all for him. But you need a saxophone, son. Yeah. They're That's cri- what this song is. Yeah. There are Christian saxophonists out there. So, uh, but I, listen, that dude in those tight leather pants doing his thing on the saxophone in the movie itself is... That is what everyone thinks of when they think the eighties. He is what everyone he embodies the what people now look back all of the, over all these years and think about the eighties. And I would say probably if you were to say Lost Boys, if someone's seen that movie, it's like, what do you think of when you think of Lost Boys? It's like oiled up saxophone man. Yeah. Yeah, you like know? he looked like Kristen, he looked like he was about to put down the saxophone that after that song was over, he was gonna lay down the saxophone and go climb in the ring with Hulk Hogan. I know he was beefy. He is. He is beefy. <laughs> but the people there at the beach are loving it, man. Out there on the boardwalk, they're just they're jamming. Headbanging. Yeah, they they're living their best life. They, they, you know what? Like my favorite memory that's non related to Lost Boys, but involves I still believe, um, is for the longest time when I would see the darkness, they mm-hmm. would end their show. They'd walk off stage, and the song that would play would be "I've Had the Time of My Life" from Dirty mm-hmm. Dancing. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw them at the Stone Pony, and as, like, everybody's filing out, what do I hear? 
the iconic epic bass of I Still Believe. And they played I Still Believe. Nice. And I'm so upset that I don't go to New York for shows because they brought out Tim Capello in New York City to do what? I Still Believe with them. Wow. <laughs> so, they, so they're not just playing it over the speakers. They're actually covering the song. Well... When they played it in Asbury Park, they mm -hmm. just played it like as everybody was filing out you. over yeah. the speakers. Okay, gotcha. But in New York City, when Tim Capello came out, they played it. See, here's the thing. I'll take a cover of I Still Believe any day just to hear it, just to hear how other people do it. Because I feel like that's got to be a fun song that people I would know. cover. Like, you just got to get into it because, like, it's it's one of those, like, it's so cheesy, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, people kind of, I don't know, sometimes people bash the cheese a little bit. And it's like, no, like, we want the cheesiness. That's what makes this so great. And, like, let's be real. If you have never, like, on a fall night, like a fall evening, if you've never gotten in your car and just cranked, I still believe, with the windows down, like, y'all are missing out. Yeah. You've got, you got a few more days to get on that. Yep. That's that's a true story. That is a, that is a true story. Um, Let me see what's going on here. I just... <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking at videos right now, and I'm seeing him. He's still kind of beefy in 2019. Dude, yeah, and he does like conventions and stuff, like the horror conventions, and he'll meet people. I'm like, this is like so crazy. I'm pretty sure he has a uh, a cameo. In where you know the app cameo? Oh yeah, okay. I was like a cameo in what, Kristen? Yeah, I'm pretty huh. sure he's on cameo, and you could get him to you know tell you that he still believes or something all right um no that's kids doing it i don't want to hear kids do it to be honest with you <laughs> i don't want to hear kids do anything this is chris Dimepog jones from six years ago on youtube doing a cover of this a metal cover he says <laughs> of i still believe and we got those synthesized human voices going the bass That's a bad mix there, Chris Dimepod Jones. Yeah. You got your bass up too much. You're not bringing guitar in enough. Okay. I see you, Chris. But you got no saxophone in there, do you, buddy? I've been in a cave for 40 days. No, thank you, Mr. Chris Dimepod Jones. You, we got to look up um, like a live version of t like that Tim Capello does. All right, here you go. You got it, baby. <laughs> this is from 2019. And he's buff. And he's working in hips. Oh my gosh. Forty days, only a spark 
Now it's just him. Everything is on tracks that he's singing right now, except for his saxophone. This is all This is all sin. But I still believe. Come on now. He's got chains around his neck. And I don't I don't mean like gold chains, I mean like chains like he used to pull a truck. And through the storms, through the cries, and through the wars, come on now. Oh I still believe I mean, Kristen, he's basically in downtown Disney or somewhere like in a little, in a, in a little like live music bar playing. And it is, it's oh. every, and, and he's got, he's got, he's got chains around his wrist, chains around his neck. And the minute he puts the sacks up to his lips to play, the hips start thrusting. Oh, um, I love it. I mean, that it's like, it's like he found that move in the Lost Boys and just couldn't, and could never let it go. He's like, this, this is what it is. I mean, you're welcome. That's what we're all there for. Right. Tim Capello. Right. Tim Capello. I still believe live in Manchester. No, we were, we're not going to get into all this, but I will say, <laughs> look, it, it just, it's worth, it's worth checking out everybody. Um, and if you're a band and you have a cover of, I still believe that you want to send our way, please send it to us. Understand we'll judge you and we're not scared to do so, but you can send it to us at rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, <laughs> I love a cover. I love it. We've talked covers before. I love a good cover. And I love a bad cover because you can make fun of it. But uh, regardless. Oh, it's been fun hanging, guys. We've been here a long time. And uh, and some people have to work tomorrow. I know Kristen does. I do. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to wrap her on up. Again, that email is rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you the same way we heard from DF Music. Mr. David, who sent in pictures of his awesome Def Leppard box set. And uh, he, he laid them out across his drum set, by the way, um, to show us the individual discs. So when he says music, I think that means musician. So glad to have someone who's in the business listening to us. So uh, everyone else, hey, thank you so much for joining us. The email, as I said, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. The Twitter Rock Out Loud Pod. We're also on Facebook. And we've got a Facebook group that covers the whole of the Geek Out Loud universe of podcasts, the Goliverse. Check it out, Guardians of Goliverse. Uh, you can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. And we'd love to have you there. Now listen, I this is something I haven't brought up in a long, long time. And let me make sure I've got the right, um, the right URL here. While we're talking about stuff, if you'll head to geekoutonline.com slash shirts, geekoutonline.com slash shirts, scroll on down and you'll find the Rock Out Loud tour shirt, the official Rock Out Loud world tour shirt and uh, places like London, Vegas, Takadona, Atlanta, Rome, New York City, Whistler. Toronto, Smallville, New Orleans, all kinds of good things in there. So check it out. It's the Rock Out Loud tour short shirt at uh, geekoutonline.com slash shirts. And there are other 
uh, shirts there as well. Geek Out Loud shirts. Mark Out Loud merch is there. All kinds of fun stuff. Check it out. And uh, we invite you to do so. If you're able to help this show out and the whole Goldiverse out, if you're in a position to do so directly, it's at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Thank you guys so much for joining us, hanging out with us. It's been a good time. Kristen, to have not prepared, I think we did a pretty good job. We always have fun, always love doing this. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to just do a good old hangout. I agree 100%. So until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. All right, we're out, Kristen.